Sports Wrap. Well, we head to Greaton now, where stage three of uh, the 2017 Absa Cape Epic has concluded. It was another scorcher in the Western Cape today. Jeff Ailiff joins us now. Jeff, welcome back on to uh, SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. Another tough day out on the trails, wasn't it? It was, Brad, and uh, Scorcher barely does it justice. I, I think it, at some stage it was touching close to 40 degrees uh, up in the mountains, apparently. Uh, but the good news is uh, the, the hyenas, the traditional uh, team that followed the last riders in, arrived well before the cutoff time, so it looks as though um, it was uh, a great display from the entire field with everybody getting in, uh, despite the heat, and uh, it was 78 kilometers, and I think everybody really took it, uh, took it slowly. And apart from the one big climb up to the so-called UFO, um, it was then a, a downhill run back into the finish here at, uh, at Grayton. And uh, so uh, the heat ultimately was uncomfortable, but uh, we didn't have as much uh, casualties as we were expecting at the end. Now, that is good news, uh, particularly after yesterday's stage was shortened due to the heat. But let's talk about what happened uh, front end of the field as far as uh, the men go. It was uh, another close race. Brad, it's unbelievable. I don't recall ever seeing an absolute epic finish two days in a row, two stages in a row, both the men's race and the women's race ending on a sprint finish uh, for, for the podium. It happened yesterday with both the men and the women. It happened again today for the men and the women. And not only a sprint finish, but uh, the teams were split as they crossed the line. And uh, the, the men's race it was in Bestek Songo Specialized, Christoph Stauter and Yaroslav Kuhabi who just managed to edge out Scott Schramm mountain bike racing, Nino Schurter and Matthias Sternemann uh, to take the win. And uh, in third place overall, Centurion Baude 2. Cannondale Factory Racing, they were in fourth. They started the day with a 2 minute 36 lead overall in the GC, and uh, that lead has now been cut to 1 minute 20 seconds. Uh, so Investec Songo Specialized are hunting them down, and uh, it's going to be a huge day tomorrow. Uh, in terms of the ladies' race, uh, much of the same. Another incredible sprint finish. Ascenders help doing the job. Robin de Groot and Sabine Spitz uh, just uh, edging out Mirandol, CBC, Esther Zuss, and Jenny Stenerhog with Hansgrove Cadence OMX Pro in third place. Sadly, the defending champions, Spur, Ariane Luthi, and Adelaide Morath were down in eighth place. And Ariane's uh, shocker of a Cape Epic just continuing. And uh, same for the Bulls, the men's defending champions, Cole Platt and Usuba ending up in sixth place today. That is a, a big surprise on, on both sides, Jeff. I mean, you, you, you mentioned Carl Platt and Oshuba. He's, uh, I mean, Carl Platt, uh, along with Christoph Sauser, probably the most uh, experienced epic rider. And, and you mentioned Aaron uh, Tully as well. What's going on there? Is it just a case of it's one of those years and it's uh, not their time this year? Brad, I spoke yesterday to Carl, and he said to me, uh, to quote him directly, he said to me, this is not Carl Platt racing. I cannot find my engine this year. Uh, and, uh, and then today, Carl was... Cole was even more bemused. He said he's starting to feel a little bit better, but he said he doesn't know. He said, I don't know if I'm going slower or if the rest of the field are going faster. Um, so he's really, he has been feeling off the pace. Ariane, pretty much the same, same thing. Ariane, just uh, with a smile, she's really, really brave. She just admits, she says, you know what, I've got no excuses. These girls are just too strong for me. I'm just not getting it together this year. But we do know that, uh, that Ariane's former partner, Annika Langval, was incredibly strong. And uh, she played a huge role in, in bringing the best out of uh, out of Ariane Luthi. So um, she's obviously going to be missing Annika. But uh, with all due respect, Adelaide uh, Morath is is, uh, is a, a very accomplished racer as well. I think uh, it's just one of those years. You know, um, Ariane's won this thing two years running, and I think you you are going to have a, a bad year 
at some stage. Yeah, particularly with it being an endurance event, you win some, you lose some. As far as uh, drama, any major crashes we should know about, it's always uh, pretty testing from a technical point of view, but it, it sounds like it was pretty drama-free today. Thankfully, Brad, we've had very, very little drama uh, today. You know, it's, it's uh, just one of those days where obviously the, I think all the riders have, have been in such shock in terms of physically from the, the searing heat that we've had for the first two days that I think everybody went out there today and knowing that it was going to be a 39 degree day, I think everybody just tapped down a couple of gears and just really took it, took it easy. And, uh, yeah, thankfully, uh, it was, it was really, uh, drama free, uh, today. You know, the, for me, the, the best quote of the day, uh, came from possibly from Cannondale Factory Racing's, uh, uh Enrique Avancini, uh, the young Brazilian who's an absolute hero in his native Brazil. He's got, such a massive following of Brazilians watching on the live stream. Um, they are so determined, these young guys. And as I said, Investec Songa are closing in on them. But uh, Enrique said to me today, he said, if Cannondale Factory Racing do not win this Cape Epic, he said, uh, whoever wins it will know that they have been in a fight. He said, we are not going to let it go easily. They will know they've been in a fight. So we are heading for an absolute cracker uh, for the second half of this, uh, this week. Should be brilliant. Uh, there's always quite a bit of interest around the, the top African jersey. Who's, who, who's wearing that at the moment? How's that race panning out? The, the top African jersey, is, it's, it's been fairly quiet. Um, it's, it's still Ket Haynes. They are Steel. They've really uh, have, had, have had no real competition um, unfortunately, um, and uh, it's Philip Bass and Matthias Dukas. Um, they've gone out uh, Pagi Euro Steel, and they've pretty much had things their own way. We were hoping that there was uh, going to be a little bit of uh, competition, uh, courtesy of, of Hendrik Kruger and Waylon Wilcock, but that hasn't really materialised. So that's turning into into a bit of a one horse race at the moment. But uh, make no mistake, we are hoping and we are expecting to see uh, Full Bass and Matthias Bukas um, try and possibly uh, target a stage. And, and it's a tradition that it will most likely be the last stage uh, going into the Belgravie Wine Estate. Well, before we get to that final stage, transition stage tomorrow, great into uh, Algen. Uh, it's a tough one, lots of climbing, but the good news is temperatures uh, looks like they're going to be slightly lower than they have been for the last two days. Absolutely, Brad. It is going to be a tough stage. It's a transition, as you said, to Oak Valley. It's 112 kilometers, and uh, so the longest stage so far, and 2,150 meters climbing. Uh, the big climb uh, is called Pumping Legs. Uh, it's not that big, but uh, it's, it starts at about 10 kilometers, and it is incredibly steep. Uh, you it virtually look up straight up at the sky as you kick into this thing, and because it's so early in the race, it, it just hammers the legs almost immediately from the off. And it gives the riders absolutely um, an idea immediately that, that they're, they're in for a long day. So 112 kilometres, and uh, as you as you also said, uh, lots of relief around with a slight bit of rain predicted from about 11 o'clock in the morning. Low temperatures about 18 degrees, and then the rain steadily increasing throughout the course of the afternoon. Should be an interesting day's racing. Jeff Ayler, thank you very much for that. We'll chat again tomorrow afternoon. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, enjoy. Uh, hopefully it's an early night for you. I know you've got lots of uh, work to do on the video and media front, but uh, let's hope it's an early one and we'll chat again tomorrow. Thanks a lot, Brad. Look forward to it. Constitution Hill, together with SAFM, will host the fourth annual We the People Walk on 26 March to commemorate 20 years of the Constitution. Take the challenge and also challenge others to join this 5 or 8K walk in celebration of human rights. There will be live performances by poets and musicians, as well as a kiddies area with fun-filled activities for the little ones.
to enter, please visit www.constitutionhill.org.za or email walk at conhill.org.za. Hashtag my constitution, hashtag we walk 2017. Constitution Hill, a beacon of democracy, human rights and constitutionalism. The SABC seeks to appoint a service provider for the supply of TVOB multi-purpose vehicle. Tender documents are obtainable from the 6th of March 2017 between 8am and 4pm at SABC head office. Closing date for tender documents is on the 31st of March 2017 at 12 midday. For more info, log on to sabc.co.za. I'm Freddie Mabizela and welcome to Alibi. Honestly, I have a different feel for people who are in prison. It was armed robbery, where in the armed robbery there was two two murders. Two of the guys working for fatality guards was killed in, in the armed robbery. Paul McNally is a journalist who works with the Vitz Justice Project in Johannesburg. And he says that he's found someone who has been in prison for 17 years. And this guy might be innocent. I will just say that he has a fighting chance. Catch Alibi every Sunday at 2.30 p.m. on SAFM. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. On to some football now, and uh, a media statement was released today by the Department of Home Affairs, and it uh, read as follows. It says, the Department of Home Affairs wishes to confirm that we are in contact with the South African Football Association in relation to the citizenship of Netherlands-based soccer player Kamochela Mokocho, who has obtained the Dutch citizenship through the naturalization process. Further to this, we have contacted the Dutch authorities with a view to resolving the issue within the legislative prescripts of the two countries. Mokotra has been called to represent South Africa during the upcoming international friendly soccer matches against Guinea-Bissau and Angola and has expressed his desire to represent his country of birth. The Department of Home Affairs is working with SAFA to finalise the matter and we will provide an update on developments in this regard. So we'll watch that space closely. But in other news out of that camp, France-based Keegan Dolly says the future is bright for South African football. He's uh, was speaking before departing O.R. Tambo International Airport yesterday to link up with the rest of the team in Durban. Dolly is uh, part of the Bafana Bafana squad that will play those two international friendlies uh, this weekend and on Tuesday uh, in East London. Dolly says he's excited for this phase for Bafana Bafana. It's it's very exciting, you know. Um, Kermit and Kamo are, are great players, you know. They still have Tulani Serrero and just to see the youngsters, Luther Singh, Pagamani Msambi, Percy Tao being called up to the national team, it's, it's really motivating for the other youngsters because I think um, the under-20 team that just participated in the Afghan under-20 did really well and there's a few good players and I think um, there's a bright future ahead for, for South African football, you know, they have Mbata, they have um, Liam and these are all quality players, you know, and hopefully in the near future they can also get called up and prove themselves to the nation, and I think they're ready. Shortly after arriving in South Africa yesterday, Dolly had lunch with his entire family before connecting to Durban. It is the 24-year-old's first camp since he left Mamelodi Sundowns for Montpellier two months ago, and he couldn't hide his excitement. It's something that I've always, you know, wanted to experience, and it's been my dream since, started, since I started playing football. 
And you know, now that it happened, you know, I'm just, I'm just grateful for all the opportunities. And it's always good coming back home, you know, seeing my family, the people close to me, and obviously to represent um, our national team. Most players who go overseas take some time to settle and get game time, but with Dolly, it's been different. He's already counted six matches played, but it hasn't been easy with his team losing four of those games and only winning two. They're currently 15th in the 20-team league, but Dolly says he's been trying to settle into his new surroundings. I won't lie, it's very difficult, you know, um, but it's no use complaining, you know. Um, it's what we wanted, and we knew that um, going going to a different country where they speak different languages, where, where the culture is different, where the football is different, we know that it's going to be it's going to be very difficult, and we, we should be prepared for that, you know. When I got there, you know, it wasn't easy. I started, you know, getting used to the team, getting used to the surroundings, and yeah, it's still difficult, you know, because of the language barrier. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just doing my best, and I think for, for South Africans, they should know that wherever they go in a different country, it won't be the same as back at home, you know. The, the language different, the food, everything, the whole culture, and they should just expect something different and be ready for that. Dolly's first game was a 2-1 loss to log leaders and UEFA Champions League quarterfinalist Monaco FC and he's played in an unfamiliar position as well. He says it's been difficult but has had to adjust quickly. In Europe they, they don't give you much time on the ball. There's no space at all. So you have to, th- you have to, to think quick. You have to know what you're going to do next. And yeah, um, it's just a whole different type of football, you know. And I started, uh, you know, adapting to it. I started... Um, Improvising more, I started thinking faster, and I think with a few more games, I'll I'll be good. Well, I think for me, it's it's been left left wing mostly, but yeah, um, hopefully they they used me once in the, the, the midfield, which was really tough. You know, I, I was marking the likes of Jao Moutinho, and it wasn't easy. You know, but yeah, I think. Because naturally I've I've been playing left wing all my life. It was it was very difficult, you know. Because throughout my life I played as a left wing, and it's it's natural for me. And when the coach said this is putting me in the midfield, I was kind of shocked. But it was my first game and against Monaco, so I couldn't say no, you know. But I think the first few few minutes of the game I was a bit, you know, anxiety, nerves. But once, uh, you know, the, 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 the minutes passed by and I started getting into the game and the coach moved me to the left, I think I did pretty well. Dolly was part of the Bufana Bufana team that beat Premier Soccer League side Le Monde for Golden Arrows 1-0 in a training match that was played at the King's Wellatini Stadium in Umlazi this morning. He says it's important for him to cement his place in the national team. It's really important for me to, to cement my position in the national team, you know, but just to be uh, part of the team means a lot to me and it, it, it will prove that um, I'm, I'm ready to play in Europe and you know the, the, the people in France will see that I'm a national asset and hopefully um, they, they, they'll respect me more and you know they'll believe in me more. Not, not saying that they don't believe in me more but you know being, being part of the national team is, is a big deal for me and yeah I'm just happy to be part of the team again.
There are two players in the current Bafana camp who were part of the Amajita squad that finished fourth in the African Nations Cup under-20 tournament in Zambia earlier this month. Luther Singh and Pakamaniam Slumbi are also likely to be part of the team that will be off to the FIFA under-20 World Cup in South Korea in May. Dolly captained the under-23 national team at the Rio Olympics last year and knows the importance of giving these youngsters support. For the under-20s, um, I think for them it's, it's not to, to, to focus on themselves. They should play as a team and I think if, if they do well as a team, the individuals will stand out. The individuals will stand out and yeah, I just want to wish them all the best and I just want to let them know that it's possible if, if you work hard enough and you, you really want to, to play in Europe, it's possible. And that's what they got uh, Italy, Japan and also Europe as well. We 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 shouldn't focus too much on on the names, you know, and thinking that uh, we're playing Brazil, they have Neymar, and although they're good players and we respect them, but I mean on the day if if we're willing to match them and we're willing to work as hard as them, we we have talent as well in the country, and for them it's just to go there and not respect anyone, you know, and just be themselves and work hard as a team, and I think um, they'll be good. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. Well, uh, one SMS in from John in uh, Port Elizabeth. Uh, I mentioned at the start of the show that it was 25 years ago today that something happened, a momentous occasion in South Africa's sporting history. Uh, it was uh, one event. I wanted to know what was it, if you had any guesses. He was saying it was uh, Ilana Mayer's silver medal at the Barcelona Olympics. That was in 1992, but uh, it wasn't that event. Something else big uh, happened. I'll give you a hint. It was in the cricket. Uh, you can SMS us. I'd love to know. I'm going to play you a clip from that match. Uh, a little bit later on in the show, 40938, those SMSs charged at one rand fifty. Speaking of athletics, it's time to head uh, to Germiston now. It is the fourth of the Athletics South Africa Speed Series meets the final uh, in the series taking place tonight. Uh, and uh, a lot of the talk about a possible record in the 4 by 100 meter relay. Manfred Seidler joins us now. Manfred, some big names uh, as far as sprinting in South Africa goes competing tonight. Well, that's what we were hoping until three hours ago. <laughs> it's a bit, bit of a blow to us because uh, uh, Thunder Rotter, for example, has pulled out of the men's 100 metres, uh, which means he's like, which means he has pulled out of the 4 by 100 metre relay, and I think he was key to that uh, South African record. We did, I did mention it earlier on in that earlier crossing. The big name tonight, then, in the sprinting is Anasa Chobodwana. We have not seen him sprint since before, yeah, since, properly since before the, the Rio Olympics. Obviously, he, he went out in that first round at the Rio Olympics. He lines up in the men's 100 metres tonight. We were hoping that Tandarotta was going to be with him, because Tandarotta is absolutely amazing out of the blocks. He's a bullet out of those blocks. I'd like to see what he does over 60 metres. That would be quite fascinating. So it's about an Arsenal job at one in the men's flat-out sprint. It'll be about Alyssa Connolly in the women's 100-meter sprint. And then we do have the relays, and we are hoping that the men's 4 by 100 meter relay will be something spectacular, even without Tondorotto. We've got a Kani Simbini in there. The man has gone under 10 seconds 10 times already. I actually tweeted them the, uh, just today, and I said to him, are you chasing a for Powell's uh, world record of, uh, what, 100 uh, clockings under 10 seconds? Hasn't replied yet, but I'll let you know when he does. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Akani Sabini should go in that relay. He's supposed to run the anchor leg. He did say to me he's coming through, and uh, he wants to chat to me um, 
before that race, I don't know what he wants to talk about, but that would be fascinating. So he is coming through. He is running the anchor leg. Uh, and also Gabudwana should be in that as well. He'd be a great bend runner, of course, with his 200-meter speed. Um, Enrico Brankis, uh, the former South African record holder and also a sub-10 uh, athlete, was also in that relay team. So on paper, we've certainly got the potential here to break that South African record. I certainly do hope it happens. But right now, I'm watching in the warm-up a guy called the Ruswell Samai in the long jump. And he's got huge press on, pressure on his shoulders. We spoke uh, uh, earlier in the week, I think it was, when we spoke about Luwa Manyonga's uh, South African and African record. So massive pressure on Roosevelt Samai here to uh, make, a name from, make a name from himself and make a big statement here tonight, uh, Brian. Absolutely, and you, you mentioned that jump, by the way. I mean, uh, things doing very, very well for South Africa in, in the long jump. As far as other big names uh, competing tonight, who else can we look out for? Well, I think that's pretty much it right now. Lisa Conley, I did mention, uh, in the women's 100 meters. So it is, they call it the speed series, and for obvious reasons by the looks of it, uh, a lot of emphasis on the sprints and, uh, and uh, also on the, on, the, on the hurdles. Antonio Alcana, I forgot him, all about him, in the men's 110 meter hurdles. He is a 110 meter hurdler specialist, but he went and won the Western Province Championships in the 100 meter flat on the weekend. So mm-hmm. seems like he's gotten a fair bit of speed. He was always really, really fast. And he dethroned a man by the name of Roscoe Engel, who I think has won the Western Province title for what, on seven, going on seven years, or this was supposed to be his seventh year. So uh, that uh, should, could be quite interesting to see how he does, because this Germison track, Brad, is very, very fast. Remember, this is where uh, uh, Mornay Nachel ran that South African record on the men's 200 meters. Uh, we've seen some spectacularly fast times on here. Matthew Quinn, for a long, long time, the fastest man in South Africa, ran 10.08 on this track. So, yeah, this is a fast track, and and uh, hopefully to see that, that Antonio makes use of this uh, uh, in, in that 110 meter hurdles. Brilliant. So Manfred, uh, just to wrap up, the the speed series comes to an end tonight. As I mentioned, it's the the fourth of four meets. Uh, the highlight for you over these four so far, what what, what would you what do you say stands out? Oh, um, tough one. Um, Bloemfontein, we were, I think Bloemfontein, even though there were problems with the timing, gift Leo Teller, a youngster, a junior, taking this massive sculpt of Wade van Eekhoek in the men's 100. And yes, Wade is not a 100-meter sprinter. Well, he isn't anymore. He's a 400-meter sprinter now. He, of course, is a sub-10 second run as well. But that was a huge sculpt. 18 years old, and gift Leo Teller beats the Olympic champion, even though he is the 400-meter re- uh, champion and record holder and a... Uh, world champion and Olympic record holder and the list goes on and on so for me I think that has so far been the standing uh, the outstanding performance of, of the series um, let's see what Anasa can pull off here tonight I, I doubt very much he's going to be pushed all that hard um, he has to he, he says he has, has had to work on a start and I think maybe here with uh, some uh, tougher competition than he's facing in Durban that might uh, help him out but so far for me Tlatliso uh, Gift Leo Clela 18 year old Winning that 100-meter uh, race in Bloemfontein, I believe he ran an SA record there. We won't know because it's not electronic timing. He did run an SA record now on Saturday in the men's 100 meters with a 10.12. So he took that from Akani Simbini, and Akani's actually worried that he might even lose his varsity athletics record on Friday when Tondo Rotto lines <laughs> up for that. So Akani's going, oh, I need to set new records. But uh, yeah, I think Giftlietler has to be uh, for me a speed series uh, uh, biggest biggest performer so far. It's great to see uh, sort of consecutive meets of, of high quality. Do you think this is good for South African athletics? Do we need more? 
You know what? I think I think yes, we do, and I think I'd love to see the provinces take ownership again of these events. I know that we've got a meeting happening in Sasselburg. I believe it's on the 28th, um, and that is organised by free, uh, sorry by by Northwest North at, uh, Central Northwest Athletics. Sean Fester is organising that, um, and obviously Free State Athletics as well, because as well because it is in the Free State. I'd like to see more of those. The Speed Series has got something going for it. They've been focusing on some of our key events, like the women's javelin, like the men's long jump like the sprints and that's fantastic because we want to bring the, the, the superstars which is that area that we've got right now in those events we want to bring them to the public but we need to give the other athletes also, also need to give them an opportunity so I believe we need to be making uh, creating more events shorter events shorter of a, a, you know, time period hour that's at maximum and, and you know make it exciting again we used to do this why can't we do it again Absolutely. Well, Manfred Sider, thank you very much for that. Uh, coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, I'll tell you what happened 25 years ago today. SAFM Sports Wrap. Well, I've, it's clear in my mind, uh, it's probably one of the biggest heartbreaks I've ever experienced as a sports fan, and I think for many South African cricket fans, uh, it will be exactly the same. And uh, this is what played out on that fateful day back in 1992. It was that 1992 semi-final of the Cricket World Cup at Sydney. Uh, just heartbreaking, I think, for everyone involved. Uh, and we've yet uh, to come closer uh, to winning a Cricket World Cup. Who knows? Maybe the next one. That's it for the show for this evening. Thank you so much for listening. We're back again tomorrow. Uh, the PSL radio show Second Jalo returns. I'll be back on PM Live. More sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live. If you have any comments or questions or suggestions, you can email the executive producer on sport at safm.co.za. You can also reach out via social media to search for SAFM Radio. Coming up on the other side of your 7 o'clock news, it is the talk shop with Naledi Maleo. Greg Coase has your news. I'm Brad Brown from myself and my producer Siobhan Tetti. Thank you for listening. Have a great evening.